You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand too. Download the new Medibank app today. For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA podcast. This is the SEN NBA podcast. Chris Tyler, your host, with you, along with Luke Sakari and Chris De Silva. I've changed it up a little bit the way I uh, introduced yeah, you the show. Yeah, you just did there. That was a bit quicker than usual. Normally, <laughs> I kind of introduce you one at a time. Today, I thought, you know what? I'll introduce both of you at the same time, so I'm not showing any preferential treatment towards anyone, because Chris argued throughout the week that I kept talking to you, Luke, first, and so I thought, all right, I'll change it up a little bit. So how are you both doing? Chris, if you want to take take the stage first after that. I'm I'm good, Chris. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm glad to be back. Yes, he wasn't with us last week. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't really commit the way that we would (laughs) hope that you would commit to a podcast like this one. This is a very popular podcast. (laughs) I would like to think that uh, if you're a part of it, you would be here, but that's all right. Got people knocking at the door to come replace you. Yeah, obviously there are certain things that uh, Trump being here, so that's all right. Thanks for not replacing me. (laughs) We we tried to. Believe me, we tried to. (laughs) Didn't quite work, though. Uh, big week of basketball, as always. We're going to uh, touch on our starting five, as we always do. We've got a couple of uh, nominations for our You're Wrong segment that we started up a couple of weeks ago. Chat some Aussies in the NBA. We'll have a look at some other things as well. But the uh, this paper was down. Let's try it again. But first things first. There we go. See, I've got to make sure that uh, I've got the, the faders up. The life of a panel. What we wanted to start off with, boys, are the Clippers. The Clippers, we're, we're still... Uh, a, we are currently a few weeks into the season, right? There's no more Neil, a small sample size anymore. Nearly a month. Nearly We're a month, month yeah. in, right? Fifth, about 13, 14 games. And the yeah. Clippers still look good. This isn't something that we're only taking off a handful of games. No, they look excellent. They look, they look really and good. And Dwayne Casey said it yesterday when the Raptors lost to the Clippers. He said this is the best team in the league. And they've played the Cavs and the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So the Raptors have played both of last year's finalists. Yep. So this is the best team in the league. And I think at the moment... You probably have to agree with him. Like, if you're just basing off what you've seen this season, uh, are they the best team in the league? I well, don't know. They, they may be playing the best to, basketball so far, which I think is the case, but I, think, I still don't think they'll be the best team come the end of the season. No, they're not no. the team to beat. No, I don't think they are, but right now, based yes. on yeah, 12, I'd say so. 13 games, whatever it is. They're in the top tier. Oh, they definitely. Yeah. It's it's a free team race between them, Cleveland, and Golden State. Yeah, they're all yeah. the same tier. You'd say. Now, yeah, it's just a matter coming of, into the season, you thought the Golden State might be in a tier of their own, but I think you're right. I think that tier's kind of opened up a little bit, and it's those three teams in that top tier. The way that um, that the Clippers have been playing on both sides of the ball has been fantastic. Both their offensive and defensive efficiency is looking fantastic. Their starting five is really clicking, and so is their bench. And so is their bench. Their bench is a lot deeper than usual. That was their 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 knock, I guess, the last few seasons. So hopefully. They continue to see that development amongst their bench, especially when we get to the playoffs time, because we see every year they seem to uh, you know, win a decent amount of games, or 50-plus games per season. But when it gets to the playoffs, that's when they get... Um you know that that's when their their issues arise. So if they can all stay healthy and all continue on this trajectory, I think that they can be one of the teams to beat. I think uh, to me, I'd say they are because what I have them over the the Cavaliers and the Warriors at the moment is that. Their wins have been blowouts. Yeah. Like they are destroying teams. Doing what Golden State did last year. Yeah, they yeah, are. I think their point differential was better in the first, in the first ten games. Or 10, 11 10 or eleven. They, that's what I have them ahead, just because their wins have been so much more impressive. Yeah, and we've known with the Clippers for so long that their core four of uh, Paul Reddick, oh, yeah. Griffin, and uh, DeAndre Jordan have been excellent. They've been one of the best ranking uh, four man combinations. For the last three years, and I they've think they've been together for a long time. Yeah, continuity you, helps. To to find a better four man combination, you have to go back to uh, Kevin Love's last season in Minnesota. Uh, really? With, yeah. So with I, Love and three Minnesota guys. Yeah, yeah. Which is obviously a flawed statistic because it's just one All Star there. Yeah, this is so, multiple All Stars. Yeah. So the this four we know can play at this level, but what's I think lifted them this season has been the play of Bar Mute mm. He's we we spoke in in our preview show about how the Clippers were always at one one piece away, the one wing, one wing, wing piece away, and this is where I'm not sure whether this is uh, sustainable. But Bar Mute shooting forty three percent from three 
And I'm not expecting him to shoot 43%, but if he can even shoot a league average, yeah. suddenly teams can't ignore him and that gives space to all those other guys who actually can damage you and that's a whole whole new uh, chapter for them. He's leading the league in net rating. There you go. Yeah. But Which, then you have a look at second, third, fourth, and fifth so uh, the other starters as well. <laughs> so it's, but he's, 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 out of all of them, he's got a 24.5 net rating. The next best, JJ Reddick, 20, 23.6. So it just shows that he is right there with him. He's making a big defensive impact as well. Like This guy's always been a great defender. And with the Clippers now just playing awesome defense, like they're forcing, their ball pressure's been tremendous, which is making them force turnovers, and they're getting a lot of easy baskets off that. That's an area where the Clippers actually haven't been that great in over the years. You'd expect, looking at their roster, that'd be a team that likes to run a lot. Yep. They haven't done it as much as you'd expect. But now you look at their defense, and they're just forcing turnovers. They have making teams make mistakes, and then they take advantage on the other end. Because the team's made up of athletes and great offensive players. We know that. And you've got the best decision-maker in basketball and Chris Paul running the show, who for mine has probably been the best point guard in the league at the moment. Yep. It's it's a perfect storm at the moment, and the bench as well. We have to give credit to their bench. Guys like Raymond Felton, Mo Spates have come in. As crazy as it sounds, they've changed it. Now, again, is it sustainable? Well, I don't know. Well, that was a question I was going to ask. Do you think this can go on, and can they, can they take the way that they're playing now into the playoffs, and can they actually get past the second round? I think, I think defensively they can, because all these guys, with the lineup they have, especially their starting lineup, they are able to... They're one of those teams that can really switch... Almost one through five. DeAndre Jordan's not the best at switching on to guards, but he's better than most bigs in the league, especially most starting bigs in the league. So with with guys like Mbaa, Mute, JJ Reddick's an underrated defender, and Blake Griffin, who has really improved this season, he's he's got all the athletic tools to be a great defender, but he hasn't been so far. But like Luke said, they're all on playing. When we talk about teams playing well defensively, you talk about five guys on the string, right? And these guys, you, if you watch the Clippers, you can they all know exactly where they need to be and what they need to do at a certain time. And that comes with familiarity, and I think, and yeah. they got that now. So, Which is something I definitely underestimated when yeah. we were coming into the season. The I fact think that these guys did. have been playing so well together and they hadn't seen that success, I thought maybe it's time to shake things up a little bit. But if you have been playing together for that long, then yeah. you are going to eventually start seeing some results. Exactly, and I think... I wrote about this as well a few weeks ago about the Clippers and how they've been together for six years now. And there's a sense of kind of finality about this season that it could be their last run and whatnot. And you have to imagine that those guys kind of understand that and think, hey, this is the could be the last time that I'm playing with, Chris Paul might say, this is the last time I might be playing with someone like Blake Griffin, you know, someone like DeAndre Jordan, a shooter, shooter like JJ Reddick. So those all, all those guys know that, hey, this is the last time that we have to really go on this run and see if we can make something of it. Yeah, the end of the year is going to be a bit of make or break for the Clippers, I think. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see how the rest of the year pans out. In six months' time, we could be looking at a very, very different Clippers outfit. But yeah. Let's not forget, this team has been hampered by injuries a lot in the playoffs. It definitely happened last year. I mean, if they have Paul and Griffin, they beat the Blazers in the first round, then who knows what happens in the second yeah. round against Golden State. Um, can they beat the Warriors? Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. In a seven-game series, because I look at Golden State. I, if both teams are fully healthy. Yeah, if if I look at Golden State now, they haven't. They've been impressive, yeah, for sure. But they haven't been. They haven't looked un, unbeatable. But they don't need to either. I think once we get to the playoffs, it'll be a different story for them. They'd ramp up their game, but same with the Clippers as well. I think yeah. for me, with, with the Warriors, they don't want another seventy-three night situation. Yeah, no, they don't I think care about that. The most no. amazing thing about Golden State at the moment is they are most like just. Everyone's talking about this adjustment period. It lasted like three games. <laughs> Their offensive ratings already, if it's sustained, I think it's 113.4, something like that. It's if that's sustained. 113.8. Yeah, if that's sustained, it's a top 20 all time rate. So you think about it. This team, during their 10, 15 game adjustment period, have a top 20 all time yeah. offensive rating. Curry has, is in a slump. Clay Thompson has been in a slump. That's their two best shooters winning. in the world who have been in slumps. And they're. Their offense is tremendous. Yeah. It's awesome. Look, like that, that. That's all I have to say. Short answer is absolutely the Clippers can win, yeah. but I don't think they will. They're, they're, they're not going to go into a series as favorites. No absolutely way. not. But, but and they won't, they, it doesn't look like they'll have home court advantage as well. I think you'll still see the Warriors know. get the first Maybe, Maybe they the could. They Who could, knows? They could, depending on how much Golden State decides to rest. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, th- I I'm, I'm, I'm still confident. I'd, I'd see the uh, the Golden State Warriors had to take the one seed. I think at this stage, but we'll see what happens. But regardless of who's at home, I would still think the Warriors get out yeah, of But I, anything I, can happen in basketball. Yeah, anything can happen in any sport. That's a good thing about sport. <laughs> it's un- always to the underdog. Unscripted drama. Last twelve months, we've seen ridiculous results. So it can continue <laughs> to happen. Uh, let's move on. And Chris, we, we want to move on to a, a, something that you wanted to touch on. The fact that. There may not be any really, really terrible teams this year. We've seen over the last couple of years, obviously Philly has been terrible over the past couple of years. They've won a couple straight this week. Brooklyn Nets have been terrible in the past couple of years. They actually look all right now. So are there any teams that are just blatantly terrible? Yeah, well, I was talking about with Luke last night, and you go through the uh, rankings, and if we go through at the moment the standings, the bottom three in the East are Washington, the Nets, and Philly. And the bottom three in the West are Minnesota, Phoenix, and Dallas. Now, the Mavericks have had a lot of injuries this season with, with Dirk and um, Williams. Darren Williams missed some time as well. And Berea's missed time. Berea's missed, missed time. time. Yeah, they've had they've had guys who I turn on Clippers game. I mean, uh, Dallas games sometimes. I'm like, who, who's Dorian Finney-Smith? Finney. Yeah. Hey, he's yeah. playing well. He's, he's playing, playing awesome. Well. He's starting. Yeah. Play for Florida. Undrafted. Undrafted, yeah. They... They had this guy, oh, I can't even remember his name, but he was, the NBA app didn't even have his picture. Right. <laughs> it was that generic. So, right. But, so they've got injuries. Minnesota's winner was very good. They've lost a bunch of close games. Phoenix are talented. They have they have talented bigs and guards on their roster. Then you go through the yeah, and you definitely wouldn't say that either Phoenix or Minnesota are particularly bad. They're teams not bad either. teams. Even with Dallas, a lot of us had them making the playoffs come yeah. the start of the year. So you wouldn't say that they're a blatantly bad. They're obviously not playing the best basketball. Yeah, but you wouldn't say that they're a basket case like someone like the Seventy Sixers or or the Nets have been in the past couple of years. And even if you go up, uh, New Orleans who have reeled off three straight wins. Once they got one of their big pieces back in True Holiday, so another injury riddled side exactly. Big time. And then you go to the East. Philly's obviously missing their number one pick, Ben Simmons. Brooklyn has played a lot better than we all thought they would, and their coach has really put in a good system there. Where they're, they're playing re- a very fast paced brand of basketball. Yeah, they're playing fast paced and they're moving the ball and sharing the ball a lot better. And I watched them play against the Lakers last week and. Their fundamentals are really good, but so they'll have this play where they they run the ball and then move the ball around and get an open shot, and they just miss the shot, yeah. just just because they're not good shooters. But it's all well implementing a system if you can't finish it well, off. It's, exactly, and, and that comes from point. Kenny Atkinson from his time in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely. taken Mike Budenholzer's system and placed and and implemented with these guys. But like you said, they're just not talented enough to execute it. Yeah, but the foundations are there. But it's it's not a bad team I would say and then you talk about the Wizards who've got arguably two all-stars on their team so it's people always talk about and especially last season a lot of people did it with the Warriors being 73 about how the league is watered down you know compared to the 90s or the 80s or whatever the case I actually think the league is the most talented it has been at this stage because you've got so much talent the only thing is the talent's not evenly spread throughout the league. Yeah. I yeah, think that's the I, difference. Everyone's on the Warriors. I agree. It's probably the most talented in terms of just guys, like individual players. Awesome. But they're still bad teams. Like like Washington are a bad team. Miami are a bad team. Brooklyn are a bad team. Philly are... They're showing good signs, but, I don't but think... they're still bad. Like, not every team is going to be good. You know what I mean? Like, you, can, none of these teams feel like a basket case, though. If you look at Washington, Sa- Sacramento got, a basket case, but they still win. They're five and nine. Demarcus is on his way out. Rudy Gay's on his, they're bad. God, I hope he leaves. They're, 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 they're a basket just, case. I, I, they're, they're, like Omri Caspi hasn't spoken to the coach in about two months. <laughs> Costa Kufis wants. He's been in trade rumors. There's been a few others as well. Like, they're, they're bad. I feel like Kufis has been in trade rumors since he's been in the league. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Wow. Every year. Like Dave Yeager, some, oh, he's finally put him to the bench now. For some reason, he insists on starting. Rudy so Gay often. will be gone. Their free draft picks from this year are already in the D-League. I love Rudy Gay since he sees the light of getting out of Sacramento and he's playing career best basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I agree. <laughs> that, someone, like, someone pay for me. Come on. Someone <laughs> yeah. trade, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I still look like these teams are still bad. Man. Like, I know what you're saying, but like even something like Phoenix – Got individual talent, 
together they're bad. But like, think, they don't win. I think I'm if comparing, you don't win, you're a bad team. I'm comparing to last season where we had teams like the Lakers and even Philly last year who were just complete write-offs. Well, yeah, you just lock them in as a, as a W when you play them. Yeah, okay, but I don't like, think you can do that this year. Yeah, but then again, you think about it last year, like you say, if the Sixers had Embiid last year, would they be as bad as they were? So, no, like, no. No, you no. can you can say, oh, Dallas aren't bad because they got injuries. Well, Philly weren't bad last year because they had injuries. Like, I don't like, they're still a bad team. But I think the difference with last year is we didn't know what Embiid was. Like, we know what Dirk is. We know what Darren Williams is. At you know this age? Yeah, you, you still know what Dirk can you know, do. I, you know, I know what Williams can do at this age. He He's, was pretty... Poor last year, like he, I wouldn't. He's still a he's still an average league average guard. Just, Philly, just. Philly last year had a lot of not league average players. They were yeah. glorified D league team. Yeah, but you still like I, I know what you're saying, but like, I'm, I'm not saying that these guys are like you know, playoff contenders. But no, but, I don't. What I'm saying is there's no. I don't think there's no night nights in the NBA now where you can say okay we're gonna win. Like, you know, there's no guaranteed no, wins. But you maybe say at the moment, but maybe in two months' time when these young teams get tired, then we see how bad they are. Like, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe the, the the definition of bad has gotten a bit better, if mm. that makes sense. Like, teams aren't as bad, but, like, they're still bad. I think the floor of the league has risen. Right, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say that. I'd also say the ceiling has risen, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, you got to look at it in context. So, if you have, like... Say if it's like fifty centimeters between the ceiling and the floor. Yeah. The floor moves up. Now it's only a forty centimeter difference, but the ceiling's gone up. Mm. So it's still a fifty centimeter difference. So yeah. like these teams are still bad, it's just in a different way they're bad. Why is it fifty centimeters? I just thought that was an easy <laughs> number to say. It's a very small roof. Well, it was just it's a very a, small room. To fit thirty teams. <laughs> Talk and stand up. It's the first number that came to mind. They're all seven foot. <laughs> it's a number that all, all we're saying is there are no twenty twelve Bobcats in this. Exactly. They were yeah. bad. Or twenty eleven Cavs. Yeah. Yeah, twenty sixteen <laughs> streak. Hey, is DeMar DeRozan's start to the season real or fake? Fake. Real. We've seen <laughs> You've been a hater all year. He hates He started he, off the year so perennial hot. Perennial DeMar DeRozan hater. No longer Chris, leading the league in points per game. Is have we seen the end of him? Well, look, <laughs> he's the, dropped the up completely. The shooting percentages were going to drop, like that was that was like inevitable. But just focusing on that is missing the bigger picture. So players improve year to year. Look at DeRozan, the way he's playing now. His footwork is better. He's he's more crafty in terms of creating his points, and he's a better shooter. Like he's a better player than last year. So granted, he's not going to shoot like sixty percent from the mid range. Like that was just ridiculous. But that doesn't mean his start to the season was fake because the fundamental aspects of his game that he's he's made better are, are that. They're, they're better. Like It's like with Wiggins' jump shot. Like He's a better jump shooter now. Marcus Smart is shooting the ball at a pretty solid rate as well. Like These guys are improving their shooting. If there's one thing in the NBA that can improve year on year, it's shooting. That That's an aspect of a game where you can teach yourself to become a better shooter as opposed to being a better... Like You can't teach yourself to become to become a better athlete. Like, you're, like the, you're born with that or you're not. But in terms of shooting and fundamentals and ball handling and creating your own shot, DeRozan has gotten better with that. Like, I reckon, it, I reckon he's better. Like, he's a better player than the All-Star we saw last year. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. I don't... The way DeMar DeRozan plays, it just hurts my eyes. You know, like... <laughs> you don't like the mid-range game? I do no, I do like the mid-range game, but I don't, it's it's so hard because I feel like if he shot threes well, I would appreciate him so much more. Because essentially, he has a very similar game to Kyrie. Because Kyrie has made a career out of making difficult shots, right? But Kyrie's made them at a much higher rate than Demar Derozan. As Demar Derozan on his career has shot pretty much either low forties or high thirties percent from the mid-range which is from uh, 10 feet to the three-point line throughout his career. And this season he's come in and so far he's averaging shooting 56%, which after eight years just to suddenly be shooting 56% on the same shots, I think is but not sustainable is at sudden, all. sudden though? Like it's been a yearly thing. The guy has developed himself into an all-star. 
Like, is it a sudden improvement? But, he's, now, but his percentage, he, percentages he, haven't in, increased Whether he year. can do it in the playoffs or not, like, I don't know, we'll wait and see. Like, the Raptors are still a high ISO team. They don't move the ball. And like, I agree with that. Like, they don't take a lot of frees. Like, I agree with all that stuff. But if we're just talking about DeMar DeRozan, the player... So what was more impressive to you? The amount of points he was shooting per game or the clip he was shooting them at? Probably the clip. Yeah. Oh, a bit for, of both. No, nah, for me, it was a clip. I mean, they're both related. Yeah. Like, they're both... Interrelated with each other. But all right, so you, do do you want him to continue shooting above fifty five, or do you want to continue him shooting above thirty? What would be more impressive to you if he goes down to you know twenty seven point five points per game, shooting at fifty percent, or whether he stays above thirty, say he goes thirty point five points per game, but his you know clip goes shooting like forty forty. Yeah, so would you 45. rather like more points on lesser percentages? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how do you, what what makes what what makes him a bust if he by the end of the season his numbers go down? What 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 do you hold more important in that factor? Obviously both the um, why he was going so well. Well, okay, but do you so, still say it's a win if he's if he maintains the points per game average, but his clip goes down? Well, I think probably yeah, because he's so much of the Raptors' offense. Like last year, he averaged twenty three and a half. He's up to thirty one at the moment, so that's probably drop. But say if he, I expect his number to probably be around twenty eight. By season's ends, 27-28, that's a five-point improvement. Last season, he shot 44% from the field. The season before, he was 41. That's a 3% improvement. At the moment, he's 49. Now, you can obviously like filter that to the mid-range and all that, but that's where all his shots come from anyway. So his field goal percentage is probably a more accurate representation than someone else. So if, if he has a 3% improvement, that's a 47% shooter. Like That's a good shooter on not a lot of three-pointers. So like, the guy's improving. The guy's improving. And then obviously 14, 15, his numbers were a bit lower. He only played 60. He was a bit injured. He only played 60 games. Now he's played 78 last year, 79 two seasons ago, 82 the season before that. So he's reliable. He doesn't get hurt a lot apart from that one season. So I think it's sustainable. Or maybe not like 60%, whatever. Like that, obviously that. So what do you think he can shoot this by the end of the season? I think he can be around 46%. Like if he's 46%, 46, 47, that's a two to three increase from the season prior. That you, is, oh, you mean total? To, well, yeah, total. Not just from the mid-range. Well, look, where are all these shots come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, he's taking what? How but, many? like, he shot 44% last year, and he shot 40% from the mid-range. Right. Okay. So he's... So, okay, so based on Because it's held by the amount you shoot in the restricted area, yeah, where yeah. everyone shoots about, like, 56 Okay, so based on no, so 40% last year. I say if he gets around... Uh, a three, 4% improvement. So, like, 40... 43, 44% from mid-range, which would translate to about 47 from the field. To me, that's a tangible improvement. That's a good improvement. But will it mean that the start of his season is fake or not? We're not comparing him to last year. Well, no, I still, saying, think, I still start, think it's real. Because like, he's, he's still better than he was last year. But, but I good. still say it's real. I, I would say, yeah. I would, <laughs> and I would. You're, a, you're a heavy no. Nah, I, what I what I do like about DeRozan is... Because I, I think too many people in the league now take too many threes that mm. like you have players like Westbrook who's a career about 30% three point shooter take about five per game which just doesn't make sense like the math just doesn't add up right <laughs> like De- DeRozan to his credit he knows his limitations he knows that he's hey I'm not a good three point shooter and he knows his best use is in the mid range and close to the basket so he's avoided taking threes he plays threes. to his strengths he plays to his thre- strengths so I, I admire that about his game, but at the same time, when you have guys in the league who can are so damaging now from the three-point line that can get 30 points, say if you've got a guy like Steph Curry, right, who he's the best best in the league, who can get 30 points in 18 shots, as opposed to DeRozan takes maybe 25, 26 shots, to me, I'm always going to side with that guy who takes lesser shots. Of course, but that's not the argument, though. The argument is, is he going to be a better player than he was last year? No, it's and not. Is he start- yeah, <laughs> it's well, just let, your let, argument. Let me finish. The argument is, 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 is his start to the season sustain? Is it real or fake? The argument is, a, would you rather him over a guy who takes less shots and scores more? But I'm saying like, that's, that's a completely different But I'm argument. saying that's why I don't gravitate towards what DeRozan's doing right now. And what he's so you're, you're not going towards it based on what other guys are doing? No, because... Like, that's a, your argument. You're not doing it based on what other guys... But it's not sustainable. 
I think it is. I think it's real. Like it's not sustainable at the high percentage, but in ter- we'll once it all <laughs> once it all normalizes, I, I feel like it's sustainable. I, like I'm, I think, we, I think we need another wager. I think, <laughs> if you're if you're comparing him to someone else, like yeah, he doesn't play the modern style of basketball, but like that's not like obviously if you if you mention someone like Steph, like of course you're gonna take Steph. I th- there's no doubt. I think we may find out both of your uh, thoughts on Demar Derozan when we get into the starting five, which we're going to right now. Yep. On the SEN NBA podcast, the starting five. So once again, each week we uh, carry over our best five players from the week before. Get rid of at least one. Get rid of at most four. Luke, recap the team from last week, please. Uh, team. So we do the All Star format. So two guards and three forwards. So the team last week was Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Yep, pretty solid team. That was last week. All right, so we've got to make at least one change, at least at, at most four yes. changes. You both present me with your changes, and then I will inevitably be the judge and decide who Sweet. is in okay. that for next so week. So after standing up for him, DeMar DeRozan's dropped. I've taken <laughs> I win. I win. I win by default. He didn't have a great week. I win week. by default. Sta- absolutely hey, sustainable. Luke, he didn't have see, a great week. Luke knows that it's, it's not sustainable. No, 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 no. <laughs> it is sustainable. This is a different oh. So, But he's dropped at the expense of someone who's played better than him. Okay, so I'm, I've made three changes to he's my team. He's dropped because he's regressed to the mean. Which <laughs> I've is made, what I said. I've made so three he started changes. off as one of the best players in the league. It's, well, it's he's sustainable. Been in, well, he's, he's managed to maintain that, but someone's better than him. <laughs> well, that's the argument isn't, is someone better than him? The argument is him. But anyway, so the three changes. <laughs> right. So I've got three ins and three outs. So, so in, much anticipated starting five, by the way. Luke's kept it on lock. Well, we the keep it. He will not tell anyone. Well, we can't be. That's the whole point. So then when we find out, yeah, we can have a good. Yeah. Real discussion as That's opposed right. to like, knowing the like team. Like Luke can laugh the fact that you dropped to Madurosa. Having a, so anyway, here's my team. So in Anthony Davis, Porzingis, and Kemba Walker. Yep. And out LeBron James, Andrew Wiggins, and Demar Derozan. He's dropped the king. Well, he's played like one game this week. <laughs> how can you how can you keep a guy in the team who hasn't played? I just thought the games he played he played two, but the game that games that he played was so good. He, like, he, he, had tw- he had 28, 9, and 14 against the... Who was that against the Raptors? Well, I thought he only played one game. So he sat against, no, he the, played, he played he sat against the Pacers. He played against Detroit. Detroit as well, right. Yeah, and he had like 21, 3, and 3 there. The Cavs had a four-day break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a four-day break. Like, I just thought, no, like, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I just thought the game that he played. He played, oh, they played well. The, I'm not dropping him because he played bad. That game against Toronto play. was really good. He had, yeah, yeah, I'm not dropping him because he played bad. I'm dropping because he didn't play enough. Technically, no. the game against Toronto was last Wednesday. Our pod was on Thursday. Doesn't uh, count. So he played one count. game this All week. Right. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Paul Zingas <laughs> has been incredible lately. Mm. He's been so, so good. And so has Davis. Like, Davis is like, we don't even need to talk about him. He's been sensational. And the Pelicans and the Knicks have been winning games as well. Most importantly. Winning games. Kemba yep. had a bit of an off week in regards to his past two, but he's almost playing like the Steph Curry of the East. Like, he's shooting the ball. And he's shooting so confidently. Coming off the screen and roll, he's one of the best offensive players in the league at the moment with the ball in his hand. I've loved his week. Uh, Chris, what's your team? I I only had made two changes. Right. So I obviously had James still in there, but mm-hmm. I took out uh, Luke's mate DeRozan, and I actually went for Clay Thompson of the okay. Warriors this week. Okay. Twenty four point three points, shooting f- almost fifty forty ninety from the field. Wow. In yep. a week where the Warriors have gone four and zip, so, mm-hmm. and in a week where Steph Curry and Durant haven't always been on, Clay Thompson's been on. He was. I think in three of the last four games that the Warriors have played, Clay Thompson had a plus or minus of over 20. So he's had a very good week. Um, and my other in was Anthony Davis as well. 38 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. Pelicans have won uh, two and one in that stretch. So All right, so we've both kept in so Jimmy Butler. Who's your out for? Uh, uh, DeRozan and Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah. So we've both kept in Jimmy Butler, so he stays in the team. Yep. Both put in Anthony Davis, so yep. he stays in the team. He goes in the team. Yep. He goes in the team. We've yep. both kept Durant. Wiggins is yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, So I, I still got Durant Durant. stays in the team. So we've got two spots left, which were Wiggins and DeMar from last week. I've put in Porzingis in that forward spot and Kemba Walker in that guard spot. I can tell you've you now. Put in, you'll, you've put in LeBron and Clay Thompson. So that's the, our judge. Okay. This has to choose from. F- the first decision is quite easily. I'm not going to have Kemba Walker in there. You're not putting Kemba Walker. No, he's, it, so you're putting Clay. 
Just, I'm taking this. Yes. Clay. Okay. Yep. Clay, the, is the guy. Clay makes it. Kem, uh, Kemba oh, I, I, playing all right. His clip wasn't very very healthy yeah. whatsoever. He uh, what, what? he should he shot forty percent in his last three games. Right. So is and that, the and they've only won one. Yeah, they've oh, won, won, won one from three, which I don't like as well. He shot sixteen from forty from field goals, including three from eighteen from three in the last two games. That's not quite good enough to uh, to land a spot on the, uh, the the starting five, Luke. So he's out, but uh, Thompson's in. Yep. yep. So that last spot leaves... Pazingas or James? Pazingas or James. I think the fact that uh, he only played one game, I'm going to give it to Pazingas. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. And that's, not, that, that's not taking anything away from Pazingas, who was just playing absolutely terrific. Oh, yeah. Like, you mean that's not taking anything Knicks, away from James? Not taking anything away from either of them. Yeah. Like, um, we're not just putting in Pazingas because James didn't play. Correct. So no, Pazingas, I get you, I get you. Pazingas today, 31 and 9 as well. Yeah, and... So. The Knicks are finally starting to actually. If LeBron would have manned up and played played that second game, I probably would have. Yeah, uh, second night of a back to back, Chris, it's very difficult. I don't for care. A player who's like a little minutes. He's, he's not going to be part of the starting five if he. Uh, I'm sure that he's like devastated. <laughs> lost sleep over it. He's lost sleep. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna get you're gonna get Rich Paul call you. <laughs> I'd love to. So Porzingis and Dave, Porzingis and Davis. So the starting in. five this week is Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Porzingis, Durant, and Davis. Solid. That's a, that's a long lineup. Yeah, it is. That's it a, is. That's wow. a really good defensive lineup. <laughs> it is. I mean, you all have those guys. You have length at every leg. You got length. I mean, Pozingas isn't a great defender yet. I don't think Clay Thompson is a good defender. Butler's not a very great defender yet. Durant's a good defender. Length though, and athleticism length. is all there. And that's like a Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks yeah. Who will be playing pretty solid basketball with our Chris Middleton. Just add in there. The all Bucks. comes down to Dali. Actually, I do want us to talk about Dali. Right? We'll talk about Dali soon. Next let's, let's talk about him now. Okay, absolutely. let's talk about him now because I'm sure by now everyone's seen the fact that uh, there was an announcement from his uh, manager, and you've got the press release, which I'll get you to read in a second, Luke. Yep. That uh, there might be some talks about Hollywood making a feature film about his rise through the ranks in Australian basketball and his career at the Cavs, all that sort of stuff. So read out the press release, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about yeah. uh, the entire right. story. So the press release says. There's LA-based, but like Dali, his business partner, his manager, blah, blah, blah. I've teamed up to develop and produce a feature film based on Dali's life and incredible run to winning an NBA championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. The film, in the same vein as great sporting films such as Hoosers and Rocky, will touch on Dali's early challenges growing up out in the bush of Australia <laughs> and his improbable path to the NBA. And then it goes on to read some statements made from Dali and his agents. So Chris had some thoughts on this. I hate this so much. <laughs> So the whole story is about his life playing basketball, all this sort of stuff, his, his ascendance to the NBA yeah. and his career within the NBA, winning the championship with LeBron, all this sort of stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they realize his career is not over yet? Why do they have to do it so soon? Why can't they just well, be patient and wait until the end of his career? What happens if they make this film next year or the year after, and as soon as they make it, he ends up take, single-handedly taking the Milwaukee Bucks to a championship? That is a big part of his basketball story, and they would have left it out of a film about his basketball but, life. But, but it's all right. They're compared to Rocky. They can have Delhi 1, 2, 3, 4. And then well, they, like Creed, they can have a Steph Curry movie after. Oh, jeez. Well, let, let's just... At the end of the release, I found this pretty interesting. It says, The film is currently out to writers and it's anticipated to start production in Australia in 2017. So, like, it's out to writers. Does that mean it can still get declined from the, if no writer takes <laughs> I guess it up? So. If no writer takes it up, does that mean it's going to happen? Look, I, well, I found I, that very interesting. You know who's going to take this? That was the last line of the press release. I was just uh, that was LeBron's Spring Hill. Spring, Spring Hill Productions. Yeah, Spring Hill Productions. I'll say this, take I, this. I love Delhi as much as the next person. We I all do. I don't care if there's a film made about him. I just want it to be after his career's over. Yeah. Then we can have a big picture about him you know, and his career but I think, as a whole, rather than just his first handful of years. But I think I'm hoping he's still got 10 years left in his career. Why can't we wait? I, I think, think like, it's the story of him winning the title in Cleveland. I think that's. The, that's I think the people story. are thinking that that's going to be the apex of his career. But what if it's not? Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you're saying. I think I. I I'm gonna like. We're gonna. Why, watch, why we're is it such gonna... a big story? Just winning the championship. Obviously, the, a lot of the appeal is based on his upbringing and all this sort of stuff coming from Australia and his hardships, which you'll touch on in a yeah. second. <laughs> like growing up in country Victoria. But you want to tell his complete story. If if this was his last season, imagine if he was battling it out for 10 years in the NBA, then came on a part of a Cavs team, ended up helping them, has been a big part, like he was, of their championship win and going out as a, as a Cleveland Cavs championship player. 
That's not the case. He's I'm, still a young player, mate. He'll how, be around for another 10 years, hopefully. Fingers crossed if everything goes all right. He'll be around for another 10 years. Yeah. Just bloody wait until his career's <laughs> over. How much better would it have been if the Cavs won last year? Daly was massive in last... Cramping 2015. Up. 2015, yep. yeah. Cramping up. This year, he hardly played in the finals. <laughs> like, think about it. He hardly played in the finals. That's not discounting anything he did. It was a matchup thing and this and that. But if this happened last year... Where he was like bawling out a bit against Steph Curry, frustrating him, cramping up, ending up in the hospital, ending up in a breaking hospital people's after legs, game three, breaking, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> getting elbowed. Oh, I didn't on. say intentionally. Getting elbowed on by Al Horford when he's on the floor. <laughs> that big people's game, elbow. <laughs> game six in Chicago. Like there were so many more great storylines last year. If only the Cavs had won the that, title. That's true. But no. um. No, no, I'm going to watch the film. I think we're all going to watch it and we're looking Absolutely. forward to it. Yeah. But I do agree. I, I just, just don't like it. I just don't really see the underdog story mode. So like, I understand underdog in terms of coming from Australia, undrafted guy, earned his spot through training camp. Yes, yes, yes. Like not great, not an athlete, you know, not really built for the NBA, but there's heaps of guys like that. Yeah. Heaps of them. Spot on. When I think of underdog, I don't think of a guy who played at the AIS Center of Excellence, <laughs> which is one of the world-class basketball facilities in the world. <laughs> like, it's a sensational yeah. facility. Numerous guys have come out of there, and, and female basketballers as well. And they've just partnered up with the NBA to put an NBA Global Academy there, which speaks of how much they value this Center of Excellence at the AIS. Like, he's been treated to... Obviously, that's a result of him working hard to get there. I understand that. But you have to work hard to get to the NBA. Like yeah. you're not going to bludge your way there. Like honestly, like would you? Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. Would you consider LeBron more of an underdog story, considering he had like no dad growing up, lived in commission houses over and over again, like? But he was touted as a superstar. No, no, no. Yeah. he got a lot of the that, right things hidden his way when he was. I know that up. that comparison is probably a bit out there, but like in terms of growing up as opposed to Dally growing up in country Victoria, like is it? Look, not, not, not honest, take, I don't I'm know enough taking, about Dally's story that's growing what, up. That's what I was. Gonna I'm say, not taking yeah. anything away from. So him. I don't know what what else there is, and I don't know about, not enough about LeBron's story growing up either. So I and can't I don't. Really I don't. I don't know if I can't speak for you guys, but I don't know enough about growing up in country Victoria and the hardships those guys yeah, no, of might course. face day to day. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, and his story yeah. could be uniquely specific, it could unique be. even no, no, to no, I, everyone else no, that, in country true. Victoria. Oh, I'm just on the but I understand what you side say. of things. Like, Absolutely. Just, either way, like, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, the one thing I'm a bit worried as well, it's a film, so they're probably going to dramatize things a little bit. I'm just worried. You might see like LeBron punching David Blatt in when, the locker when does room. The like, film, maybe that's what they think will happen to David Blatt. When does the Blatt. film end? Does it end him? End with him in a club drowning the uh, corona? I don't know. Where does, does it end? That's how it ends. Giving a thumbs it, up. Yeah, and <laughs> it end at the it Olympics. Cuts with the circle going into the, yeah. the corona titty, and then it says the end at the end. Does it end at the Olympics? Does it end if I'm signing the contract with the Bucks? Who knows? Oh, maybe that's a good end, actually. $54 million contract. Yeah, that's uh, coming off that. an Olympic run, which was really good for the we should, Aussies. We should direct this. We should. Well, the film's out to writers. SEN I mean, films. Chris is <laughs> yeah, a... We'll you're right. It. You've written movies, I'm, Chris. I, I you am, can, what have you written? I've written a bunch of screenplays. I'm, I'm a, an aspiring screenplay that's writer. That's awesome. I did not know that. He writes a lot. You could if write any, the Dali film. If any of the producers are out there listening yeah, to this podcast, Zach Green hit me up at Christos Tyler on Twitter. That's it. Josh Howard. Boys, get me on board. I've got the details Come here. On. You can send them an email. And but you just I've bla- studied. You just blasted them for doing the film now. Oh, look, if I was to be a writer, it'd be, it'd be unbelievable. <laughs> oh. I'd do it right now. Oh. Well, it'd be go. fantastic. Yeah, getting I'd have zero bad words to Zach say and Jason and Josh. <laughs> Come on, Zach. Come on, Jason. Come on, Josh. And Bruce. Get in contact with the guys and... Get I'll, me on board. I'm sure they'll hook you up. Mate, I was all on board daily when he was in college. I, I, I know. I've oh, been watching it for who, years. Oh, St. Mary's is Speaking tremendous. of which, by the way, I feel like I was on the daily bandwagon pretty early because when he oh, was I a freshman. I watched him a lot in St. Mary's. I got a St. Mary's hoodie. St. Mary's, yeah. I, was, I would watch him as a freshman, right? So I've been watching him for years. My new uh, cult player of the year. And what we do is a segment called Cult Rookie Player of the Year. This is for guys that are in, in, in the NBA, right? I've got a guy who could potentially be a cult rookie of the year one day in the NBA. Hopefully. That is a cult. Well, he is, but he's not a rookie anymore. No. But yeah. my boy, I just started watching him this week in uh, in college basketball. His name is Taco Fall. He and plays, he's a big he plays boy. for UCF. Seven six. Seven foot six. <laughs> it's a joke. Seven foot six. Everything is a dunk. Yeah. I don't think he, he has an outside game. He doesn't have any mid range game. Nope. Everything is just a dunk to him. Like you just. 
passes to him in the paint. He puts his hands up. Slams it Thank down. Thank you very much. Averaging about 18-14 so far this season. Make sure you check out any UCF games because he is, he is phenomenal. He's got an awesome name. He wears glasses, which I think is fantastic as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Googling. He, he's a dude to watch. So, so make sure you he's check out fun. Taco Fall. Is he, is he good enough to make the league? He's averaging 18-14 at the moment. He's still relatively raw. He's only been playing basketball for Where's he four playing? years. UCF. UCF. Central Florida, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's from... Um, where is he from? Senegal? I'm not sure. I think. Let me have a look. Mm. I think it's Senegal. Yeah, Dakar, Senegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's from Senegal. Only been playing for the last four years. Apparently, he was extremely raw, as you can imagine, when he first came uh, to America to play. But he's developed his game very, very, very Good. much. <laughs> is that the right word? <laughs> he's been working a lot with Hakeem Olajuwon, as a lot of those Africans right. do when they come over, working on their footwork and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So if you're under the tutelage of someone like Hakeem Olajuwon, who's one of the best big men ever to play the game, yeah. I think you really got a hand there. And someone like uh, Joel Embiid did that as well. He play, he uh, learned under Hakeem Olajuwon. LeBron so that, James has done it. Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard, absolutely. Amari Stoudemire. So that yeah. that's a good that's a good dude to learn under. So watch out for this guy, Taco Fall. I'm on board. So uh, and because this segment's called You're Wrong, we haven't really introduced it. But all the producers, unless you get <laughs> me on board to write the Dally screenplay, You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. At Christos Tyler, if you want my details. <laughs> I, I'm just reading up on Taco Fall, and on his Wikipedia page, it says, Four comes from a tall family. <laughs> <laughs> I would have c- never yeah. guessed it. But then he says, never guessed it. His cousin was 5'9". His, his younger was, brother is, younger cousin, was 5'9 at age 7. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. It was my height at age wow. seven. But I like how they've only got two bits of details about <laughs> coming from a tall family, and one of them, his brother was 5'9", five five nine nine at age seven. And his yeah. uncle is 6'8". His brother could still be 5'9". <laughs> we don't know. He comes from a tall family. His brother was 5'9 when he was young, but that... That, that, that Wikipedia page, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. that, that Wikipedia page... You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Any other you're wrong is before uh, we can move on. Yeah, so Draymond Green was on um, Roger's Vertical Podcast, which is Ooh, a yeah. tremendous yep. podcast. It's if, if, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yep. chance to check out the conversation that he has on there with all these. He gets some stuff. really good guests. It's an awesome podcast. But he had this uh, response in a question that Adrian asked him in response to if the loss to Cleveland in the finals still stings. I think Chris got the audio. How long after the finals would you still wake up in the morning and go? I can't believe we lost that series. Like, I can't believe we lost a 3-1 lead that we set the regular season win record and we didn't win that title. Do you think that one's, no matter how many titles you win, that one will eat away at you? I mean, you always think of it and think about, man, we blew the opportunity. But, you know, it ate ate away at me for a little while. And then I think on July 4th, or was it July 3rd? It was July 4th, 4th. Whatever day it was, the third or the fourth, <laughs> it's like, man, this it sucks. And then I got a call from Charlie Bell. Say, man, let's go win some championships. Charlie works with KD. Yes. And I said, oh, all right, there goes those feelings. Um, we got Kevin Durant out this deal. I'll be just fine. Now, uh, I understand where Draymond's coming from. Like, who wouldn't be happy if you get Kevin Durant? But – Saying he'll be just fine after a finals loss where you're up 3-1, where we got suspended for game five, like, those feelings aren't all gone. Like, you, used to, you hear guys like Doc Rivers and Craig Popovich say it all the time. Like, they say, no matter how many finals we win, the ones we it's lost still sting. Lost. Yeah. You still remember those almost more than you do the wins because you think, what an opportunity you had. And so, so while sorry, Chris, while no, I know what Draymond's saying, like, I I mean, of course, you get Durant like a great consolation prize, but it doesn't that doesn't mean you didn't lose a free one lead and you weren't like that doesn't mean that never happened. They like, still have a one with Durant. Yeah, yeah, he he's they might not win. He's acting like LeBron James is going to sit down and give him five titles. Yeah. Yeah, right. He's acting like, yeah, that's a fair. I didn't think of it in that way. It's a very good point. Yeah. Like, they haven't achieved anything yet with him. Come on. Like, man. we all think and, they will. And so, th- throw, to the, throw to the thing. All right, Chris, we've got one more thing to say. No, you have to throw to the sound. I've got one talking. more thing to say. Oh, okay, go. <laughs> nah, he came out earlier this season, I think, with Sports Illustrated and talked about how he wants to destroy and annihilate the Cavs. He, you don't say that stuff if, if you're over this. That's a good that's point. True. So, Draymond Green. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Do you have one, Chris? Yes, I do. All right, let's hear it. 
So, you're looking pretty pumped over there. I think you're, this is a big one, isn't it? This is a big one. And uh, we spoke about him last week for a different reason. Uh, 11-time champion, Phil Jackson. Oh. Phil Zen Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks won't be able to go anywhere until the Zen Master is gone. And this... Whoa! They've won ob- five straight at home. Yes. And, this, and this obsession <laughs> with the triangle yes. is gone. Phil... This, <laughs> Phil, if you're listening, this system does not work without t- t- three of the all-time ten greatest players in the league. It doesn't work with Willie Hernan Gomez. It doesn't work with Carmelo Anthony. It doesn't work with Mindogas Kuzminskas. By the way, Colt Rookie of the Year nomination for this year. Yeah. Oh, man. Got that later. Phil- just get rid of the triangle, man. Just run a pick and roll. He's actually looking to the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, ho- I'm hoping <laughs> Phil comes out the door. He's at the door. <laughs> He's legitimately gazing over at the door. Why aren't you looking at us? You're looking at the door. Because Phil's not going to walk through the door. Phil might not walk through there, but Phil definitely ain't sitting in these seats. He's spirit. But I watched the Knicks, right? And I, I think about it with... Um, Similar to what the Lakers are doing now. we, The Lakers weren't able to move forward while Kobe Bryant was there. And the the allure of Kobe Bryant, the shadow of him was standing over the entire franchise. And I think it's the same kind of thing with Phil Jackson. He's, he's pushing the system of the triangle that it hasn't worked outside of Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Michael Jordan. So, and Pippen as well. And, and, and Pippen, Pippen as yeah. well, yeah. So and people have talked about this as well. It it's just a, it seems like an outdated basketball system that and that he's trying to that you need particular players for it to work efficiently and I don't think it's right for him to one hire coaches based on are you going to run the triangle. He he's fired Derek Fisher because he wasn't going to run triangle. Yeah, when when you don't want your coaches to run their own systems. Yeah, I that's mean that's always a red flag. Yeah, like at the end, of the, yeah, you have eleven championships, and that, that's fantastic. He's going down in, as one of the greatest coaches to ever, ever coach, and also played in the game and and won as well. But you can't force a system down players' throats, and I think that's what he's doing with the Knicks. So, Phil Jackson, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Has has these quickly one more on Phil. Yep. Has his last year or two of the Knicks, with everything that's happened on and off the court, has it almost not completely changed it, but has it changed your perception of him a little bit in terms of when he eventually leaves the game? No. Will you remember him for a bit less of what he did on the sidelines as opposed to what's happened in not, New York? Not less, because I, I, even before these past two years, I didn't think of him as the greatest coach of all time. To me... I find Greg Popovich is the greatest coach of all time just because of what he's done with the Spurs and that sense of longevity, Yeah, having done it with the same... And he's been same. able to adapt. I was going to yeah, bring up he, that point He's before. changed over time yeah. and he's adapted with the times. We saw the Spurs, they went from playing two bigs in Duncan and Robinson to playing slow to playing fast with with uh, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker and then the way he develops guys like Kawhi Leonard who came into a league, a non-shooter, and is now... A two-way force gets a guy like Danny Green and makes him into a free. Yeah, guy. exactly. And I think for me, that's why I think Popovich is is a great. Okay. Yeah. Where whereas I felt like Phil, he came into he was always handed great situations. He was came into a team that had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Came into a league that had came into a team in LA that had that had uh, Shaq and Kobe. Left when Shaq left, then comes back magically when Shaq has. Uh, when Kobe has Pau Gasol and he's got a great team again, so which is taking nothing away from him. No, no, it's just the matter. Of I mean, situation. you don't automatically get titles for sure. Eleven and, and well. especially 11 like, trying to deal with those egos Absolutely. are a big part of coaching as well. And, I think, and that's, what's, that's what makes you a good and coach I think all of the time. To deal with those egos, you have to have an ego yourself, which feels <laughs> feel definitely does. does. And and I think that's what helped him as well. But for me, I'll always side with someone like Popovich. Popovich yeah, sorry, the ability to adapt is a big thing. You yeah. see this with a lot of college coaches, someone like Coach Krzyzewski or, yeah. or, or Roy Williams or someone like that. They're constantly adapting to the way that even uh, young kids uh, communicate with each other. So you yeah. see these old-style coaches who know nothing about social media but have to get on board Snapchat, have to get on board Instagram yeah. because that's how the kids these days – that's that's how they communicate, communicate with each yeah. other. That's how they use yeah. everything. They have to be able to relate to these kids – 
they're constantly adapting. They're not just saying, this, this is how I did it 20 years ago, so this is how you do it. Yeah. If you want to be a successful coach, you have to be able to adapt. And that's what these guys do, and that's what Phil Jackson hasn't done for the most part. Yeah, and, and you see with the Knicks, they have... We're in Porzingis. They have a guy who's potentially could be one of the top five best players in the league in, say, four or five years down the track. And I think once they let go of this triangle and everything, uh, they'll be able to move forward a lot better. Yeah. Hey, just before we finish off the show, we uh, like to finish off by uh, paying our respects to either a team or a person who might be struggling a little bit and uh, looking on the bright side of life a little bit. I... Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life So we want to have a look at a team or an individual who may be struggling at the moment, but there's you know a light at the end of the tunnel. There's yeah. something that we can look forward to, Luke. So who this week do you have... To give a bit of, I don't even know what we said. B- bit of a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah bit of a, pat on the, the a bit pal- of a well done to you. I two. think the Pelicans. I mean, they've yes. won what? Yeah, three, st- three straight, straight, four straight since Drew Holiday came back. Like that's not that's not a coincidence. Like this guy can play. He gives them that secondary offensive option that they were missing. Now and they hadn't needed AD to do it. Yeah, well, Davis hurt his knee today, and they still bit Atlanta by like they blew them out. They yeah. blew out the league's best defense. Blew them out. I think Second it was, best team in the East. I think it was in it was in Atlanta, was it? I think. Yeah, memory. it was. So yeah, like, where the Hawks were previously six and one. Like, that's a massive win with Davis hurting his knee. I mean, they had guys. Tim Fraser's playing pretty good basketball, and they had guys step up like Terrence Jones. I was going to get him on my fantasy. And you know, I, didn't, I missed out. Is Tim Fraser a rookie? No, he played no. last year. Played last year. I think he played two years ago as well. He was in Portland, I think, before. Ooh, I can't remember before that. I just Philly, last year. Portland. Yeah, he's yeah. Been nah, around, he's been around the block. Yeah, he's playing around. very well this year. He's playing, playing awesome. very well. I think just the Pelicans, yeah, getting some wins now. You know, Drew Holiday's back. Hopefully, Tyreek Evans isn't too far away. I mean, this is not going to be a good team, but I mean, hey, it's, it's a bright side of life. It's it's, it's a lot better than it was looking a while ago. And we, yeah. we did know that a lot of it came down to injuries, as we mentioned earlier on the podcast. Injuries are a big part of what's been happening in New Orleans, but to actually see a win and actually see the fact that when they do multiple, get a play back, it actually works. wins, yeah. It's a good thing for them. Yeah. Um, I probably got to go with the Sixers again. They're almost 14 games of the year, almost halfway to their win total last year. So while they're still not going to go anywhere this season, they've still got Ben Simmons to come back. First win streak, I think, in about three years. I don't think they won consecutive games all of last year. And four and six in the past week, and even the games that they've lost, they've looked competitive, they've played the right way, as they always have under Co- Coach Brown, but I think this year, they've, just because they've got more talent out there, they, they, you can see where it's going. And I think uh, that's what's, um, what's, can't even find the word for it. <laughs> it's uh, hopeful for the future for, okay, for, for uh, Sixers fans, and, and they can look forward to it. Perfect. Boys, that brings us to the end of the show today. Thank you as always. Luke, where can we find all your stuff? Uh, on Twitter at Luke Sakari, and you can find my stuff on SEN America. Just everywhere. Yeah, you can roll the whole heap of Any my... basketball site in the world. <laughs> you can find my Twitter, <laughs> Twitter at Luke Sakari. You love tweeting there. for the WNBL on the weekend yeah, as well? Yeah, doing some media yeah. stuff for them as well. It's all there. And Chris, at what Luke about Sakari. you? Yeah, at uh, CedarSilver23 um, on Believe the Hype and Scout for, for Cav stuff. Beautiful. And you can find me at Christos Tyler. And just make sure you hit up the SCN America yep. Twitter account at SCN America. But make sure to check out all of Luke's articles and every other article that we write for SCN America. If you go to SCN.com.au, just click on the SCN America banner, top right-hand corner of the home page. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you next week. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.